It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hello guys, welcome back to How Did I Get Here Hadig. It is me, Alexa. And we are here with a very, very, very special guest, which is Sam Abington. Yes. <laughs> that is the million dollar question. How did I get here? Indeed. Are you familiar with our podcast, sir? Um I'd be lying if I said no. <laughs> All right, fair I enough. I am, I am, I am. I'd be <laughs> lying if I said otherwise. As a blush. Dive Studios. <laughs> I've, I've been in here before many a time. I've never sat at this table in this vicinity before. Oh. It's usually about, I'd say, uh, 57.5 centimetres that direction with a few more chairs around it and a lot more people sitting around it watching YouTube videos and not doing much of anything. Well… Diane, <laughs> eating tacos and burritos <laughs> and watching, yeah, the news and watching, you know, listening to music on YouTube generally. Yeah. Mm. It's usually kind of like the meeting table before we do our podcast and our podcast is all the way over that side of right. the studio. The other yeah. side of the studio. We get the, we get the dive studio sign behind us. We get blue velvet curtain. Big. <laughs> I yeah, because like whenever I watched the podcast, I never kind of worked out where you guys were when you filmed it. Okay, and now it's really intimidating because you have like cameras in front of you, and yeah, we kind of sit opposite each other and just kind of talk. Right now, it feels like I'm talking to <laughs> I don't know who. That's okay. Awkward. That just leads to the question. Yeah, how did how did I get here? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a vicious cycle. <laughs> how did I get here? It's a never-ending question. But for those of you who are not familiar with our podcast, welcome to How Did I Get Here, where we live our best lives on the internet and come out on the other side knowing more but not feeling that much smarter. My good sir, do you have any clue as to what that means? <sighs> it's like the story of our lives, isn't it? Mm. We never, we never actually come out any smarter than what we think we did, and we, we tell ourselves, "I know everything now." And then you actually sit down, and you're like, "I just spent the last two hours reading up about something, and I still don't know what I read about." There you go. Yeah, Beautiful. there was no conclusion to any of that. I just read and read and read, and I tell myself, "Yeah, now I know everything." And I'm, someone's like, "Explain it to me," and you're like, yeah, "No, go and read on Wikipedia." There you go. At yeah. the end of the day, if you don't know, Wikipedia is there for you. Not sponsored. Thank you. 
All right. Yes. So those of you who may or may not be familiar with our podcast or dive studios in general, Sam here also has a pretty bomb podcast called Nonsensible. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Okay. Um, what? Uh, when this goes to air, I'm going to say we're almost at our… Uh, ooh, ooh, we're, we're probably at about our… Almost our year anniversary. Oh. We're getting towards uh, episode 52. Oh, dang. We're almost there. So, uh, nonsensible. It's myself and Dave. And Saul actually joined us as a regular on the podcast recently. So, it's the three of us. And we sit down and have a guest join us every week. And the title sort of sums it up much like this. Nonsensible. Um, It's just nonsense. Nothing makes any sense. And <laughs> you walk away from the end of the podcast and you're like, yeah, there's no summary. There's no conclusion. Um, it's just random musings between four people and we go backwards and forwards. And sometimes it's stories of growing up in different parts of the world. Sometimes mm. it's commentaries on life. Mm. Um yeah, it, it could go in any direction depending on who the guest is in the studio. For example, it could be um, how delicious cinnamon rolls are with Ooh. ketchup. Huh? Oh, no. Yeah, huh? I know. Hard to believe. And I still don't believe it. <laughs> but, you know, when a guest comes on and tells you that, you kind of have to agree with them somewhat and disagree with them at the same time. Yeah. And when they leave the studio, you can just say that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my entire life. There we go. Because they're not going to come back and argue with you after that. They're never going to know. Yeah. (laughs) Unless they watch this podcast. True. In which case, (laughs) now you know. But Hi, Chubby. Yeah. It was great having you on the show. She's she's adorable. She's adorable. She was a lot of fun. She looks so cute. I watched the episode. I I really didn't know who she was until I saw Uh the episode. But she's so adorable. Uh, She was so much fun. I still don't agree with her taste in food, but she was so much fun. That is a wee bit questionable, but um, I'm just going to hop off of the cinnamon rolls with ketchup train and yeah. hop into the meat of today. So. Well, segway. Ooh, segway. I like it. Ooh, thank you. Yeah. So, you, my good sir, are indeed a parent. So, today's topic is, should parents trust their kids? Oh. You're just throwing the question straight at me. I am. I am. Straight as an arrow. Doom. <laughs> No. Show's over. Let's go <laughs> Thank home. Thank you. Bye. Done. Yeah. Wow. That was, uh, how did I get here? See you next week, guys. Well, um, yeah, this is a, a it's such a, uh, it, it's a question on so many different levels because it really comes down to um, a trust. What is trust? Mm. You have to uh, give trust to be able to gain trust. Mm-hmm. So if for me to, be able to trust my children, they need to be able to trust me. Mm. And if my children can't trust me, I I, I don't think it's fair for mm-hmm. me to expect them um, to reciprocate that trust. You know, trust is something that um, I think is really important in any kind of relationship, mm. but more so with parents and children. Mm. Um, for me, uh, my children are particularly young, so I think trust is is something that we're still working on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kind of tell me um, white lies and little fibs. Of course. Completely acceptable. And I think white lies is something that I I still tell them. Like, mm. I go through the motions of, you know, if you don't behave, you may we may end up putting you on top of the mountain and you may have to live with the wolves. 
There you go. Um, yeah, and that works because it pulls them into line. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it is about, you know, you need to be able to trust your parents. And it's, mm-hmm. you, you remember the trust game where it's, I don't know if you've ever played it and you kind of stand on a table and you have six friends. And you fall? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's about grabbing, like grabbing them as they fall. Right. I, I think as a parent, that's what you need to instill in your children. Like, mm. you need to be able to fall backwards and know that I'm going to be there to, to grab you. Right. Um, so for me, that's, yeah. Mm. I, I need to be able to trust my children. They need to be able to trust me. And if that doesn't exist, um, I, I think the relationship is just, it's, it's non-existent. That's a fantastic way to put it, though. Yeah. That's I'm, a fantastic way to put I'm, it. I mean, is that the episode over? Like, <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot we gotta delve into, my good sir. It's it's yeah, I mean it's it's one of those it's one of those black holes. I, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's so many different directions you could take this. I mean, you said your kids are quite young. How how young are they, if you don't mind? So uh William right now, um so he turns five. Uh, Western age in July. Ooh. So Bentley turns four Western age in November. Ah, so okay. yeah, three and four at the moment. Okay. Um, I get confused because we have Korean age and Western age, uh-huh. and it just, I yeah, it's really confusing. And then people talk about, you know, they they tell you the age in months. Mm, right. And and like I, I see all these memes on the internet and they're like, yeah, my child is 245 months. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's really funny. But from a parent's standpoint, I kind of understand it mm-hmm. because like at an early age, three months difference, there's such a big difference in their development. Mm. And that's what parents are trying to, they're trying to allow you to understand like my child is is five months more advanced than your child. So that's why their speech development or they may be walking at such a different or, or they're running or they're doing these different things. It's kind of, it, yeah, it's allowing them to understand that, okay, there's that developmental stage that they're more advanced than mm-hmm. my child. It's not trying to make it more complicated right. for the processing. Right. But you also have, we have a Western age and a Korean age. Uh-huh. So if you're like, oh, they're five and you're like, okay, is that Western age or Korean age? And you're like, uh. Uh, let, let, let me think. And then you've got to process again. It's just like months. Once you get to a certain age, you tend to just say years anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in, when they're young and like two months, three months, that developmental stage is, is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the difference is, is immense. Well, dang. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. Because I've also seen the memes that are like, my kid is 482 months old. But it's like… I- <laughs> but I never thought about like the developmental stages in that sense. I, I saw someone I know did that the other day, and, oh, it no. was a, and I'm like, I'm like, that's really funny. And then I'm like, you don't have children, um, so you don't really understand. You don't grasp the concept of that. Mm-hmm. Why people say that? Right. So once you have children, you're gonna sit back and you're gonna think, oh my god, now I get it. Mm. That was actually kind of. It, it's the whole. Like at the moment, we have an issue here in Korea mm-hmm. um, with people living in apartments and there's the whole uh, the noise mm. that children are making in the upper levels. Yep. And it's interesting because a lot of the people that are complaining in the lower levels are generally people that don't have children. Uh. Um, I recently moved from an apartment into a house because, you know, we didn't want to 
keep telling our kids, stop running, stop running, stop right. running, because the stress you're giving to the kids, mm. it, it's unfair. They don't know any better. They're, they're growing up and they're two young boys. It's like, i got to run. Let me go wild. And you're like, don't run, don't run, don't run all day. Mm. They don't know any better. Um, but you don't want to stress out the neighbours downstairs. Right. But the apartment we were living in, the upstairs neighbours, their kids were running until like 11 o'clock at night. But mm-hmm. being that we've got kids of our own, it was just like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something we were going to lose sleep over mm-hmm. um, until you've experienced it. Right. Until, until you've walked a mile in someone else's shoes, mm. you don't understand. Okay. So, yeah, I, I guess as… Um, as a society, I think right now with COVID and everything, people are a little on edge and mm-hmm. a little tense. Maybe we just need to be a little bit more understanding of, of, of people's circumstances. Okay, I could see that. I could see that. All right, well, seeing as your kids are still quite young and not yet teenagers, have you noticed any like behavioral patterns like expressions or tones and voices whenever they lie to you blatantly? Like how can you tell if your kids are lying? Oh… Um, that's a good one. I haven't really, I haven't really picked up on that yet. Oh. Um, I, part of it is though, like my mom always said, she's like, I've done everything you did growing up. Mm. And I'm like, sure. You didn't do half the things I've done growing up, mom. <laughs> I'm like, you're so full of it. Mm-hmm. You haven't. Like, no, you didn't do half the things I did. And lo and behold, she knew exactly what I was trying to get away with. And I'm going through that now with my children. Okay. So it's like, yeah, I know exactly what you're trying to pull the wool over my eyes. Mm -hmm. You're not getting away with it. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't have the tells yet, but… I'm starting to get ready for it. You know, you kind of get the the eyeballs going. I think it's right. they go up to the right. Mm-hmm. Like they start kind of… That's one of the things. Okay. Um, William kind of… He starts kind of looking around. And uh, he can't look you in the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's small tells. Okay. So yeah. we're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. Because this study from Psychology Today says most kids lie to their parents sometimes. That's an understatement. I feel like… It's more than sometimes. For example, in a study involving 121 high school students, 120 of them, so only minus one, listed as at least one area they tried to lie to their parents about. Uh, In general, and not surprisingly, the more kids lie, the more trouble they get into. Uh, The worse they get along with their parents, and the less they feel trusted. I feel like that's a given, though. That's just common sense, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. But then again, you know, you got to take into fact of the whole compulsory li- the compulsive lying thing. But I'm not sure how that's developed or anything. But mm. I, I, I think like the other thing is it's also how the parents kind of, you know, don't lie to me, don't lie to me. Mm-hmm. If you kind of in- keep enforcing it, mm-hmm. it, it kind of snowballs. Exactly. So they're like, oh, I, I don't want to… Oh, Mom and dad said don't lie, but if I say this and like… They, you kind of get caught in that trap. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, oh, I know I shouldn't be lying, but if I say this, if I tell them the truth, they're going to get angry. So mm-hmm. you start lying so that they don't get angry, but mm-hmm. you know they're going to get angry if they find out that you're lying. Either way, that you're going to get angry. It's like, how do I avoid them getting angry? It's like, oh my 
God, it doesn't matter what I do, they're gonna get angry at me. You just me. keep digging your grave deeper and deeper and deeper until you're like at the core of the earth and you're like, well, what do I do now? I'm screwed. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, how deep do I go? I don't know. I mean, again, when it comes to lies, like white lies, I feel like those are okay growing up. And I mean, like you said, you as a parent and me still as an adult, I tell white lies every now and then. As long as nobody gets hurt, but I mean. Yeah. It, it, you tell yourself white lies are okay, but it, it's, you start with one white lie and then it turns into two and three and four. Oh, and, you're right. Um, yeah. If it kind of develops into, mm. a, it turns into a monster, then it becomes problematic. True. True. I, I I don't know what to say. It's a complicated topic to it tackle. It feels like my whole life is a lie right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but why is that? Why is that, my good sir? Uh, that's such a difficult question to answer. Mm. Yeah, because then I'd be unraveling too many truths. Uh, well, it's okay. This isn't get yeah. real, so no worries. You don't have to get too real here. So <laughs> this is how did I get here? Meaning you can just question everything and be like, yeah, uh, yep. I like that. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Just for some quick statistics hopping in. Uh, apparently for 38% of the issues that kids lied to their parents about, both mothers and teens agreed that they disagreed on said topic. Following 22.8% of the cases, both mothers and adolescents agreed that they agreed on a certain topic. Uh, whereas almost 40% of the cases, the mothers and adolescents disagreed about their agreement. Okay, but what about the fathers? We have oh, a father here. Yeah. What about See, the fathers? He, here's where it gets tricky. I, I, raising children, I tend to go by the good cop, bad cop mm, rule of thumb. Okay. I try to. I try to tell my wife we need to try and be on the same train of thought mm -hmm. with everything. Like if, for example, I say to William, okay, that's enough iPad for today. And my wife needs to be on the same enough iPad. Uh -huh. But if she turns around and says, okay, 30 minutes more, I'm like, hang mm. on. You've just destroyed my whole theory here. It's kind of like… We're not on the same mm -hmm. plane here. Right. Good cop, bad cop. You know, I can be the, I'll be the enforcer. And then mum comes in and kind of like, you know, I'm, you got to listen to your dad. And kind of, mm -hmm. you know, kind of bring him up. Right. With that, it kind of, you know, you can have the disagreements mm -hmm. and, and someone, you know, they can disagree. But then you can have mm -hmm. the other person on the other side who agrees with you. So it, it's kind of the backwards and forwards, which means that it… You never feel like you're being ganged up against yeah, with your parents, which it, it should never be that. Exactly, because it's not it, it's not a battle of the wits. It's mm. not a it's not a war. It's it's a relationship. It's mm -hmm. a family, and you're raising children. It, it mm -hmm. shouldn't be parents against kids. It's none of that. It, mm -hmm. It's it's about making an environment where everyone's comfortable. But as a parent, you're older. You've got more life experience. You're just trying to put them on a path that's going to be easier for them. Right. And you want them to go in the right direction mm -hmm. in life without having too many difficulties and too many struggles. Right. Um, and yeah, so hmm. it's like a battle of the… It's like a battle of the wits. It's almost like a game show. It's like Jeopardy. Yeah. It's like Jeopardy for like… <laughs> but it's like for millions of dollars. Oh, gosh. It's… Yeah. Uh, let's see. Have you ever experienced your parents having a hard time trusting you? If we flip back to our childhoods, was there ever a moment when like your mom or dad was like, I, I can't trust you about this? 
Um, oh, many a time, many a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, oh, the things my mother caught me doing. Um, <laughs> oh, no. My mother, um, she caught me sneaking into her purse. Mm, I used to have a uh, after school, I'd go to the video arcade. Oh. And I mean, it was just, you know, the small, a dollar, two dollars. Twenty dollars. I wish. <laughs> oh, I think I would have got caught uh, too many a times if it was if that Ooh. much money. Um, yeah, it, things like that. Um, she, it was interesting though. I think she generally trusted me mm. because a lot of the things she'd say to me, she's like, you know, She's like, if you ever have a girlfriend, bring her over and she can sleep the night. Mm. Sleep the night at, you know, stay the night at home. Which for me was always like, that's kind of like one of the biggest signs of trust. Mm-hmm. Have your girlfriend stay over at your house under the same roof. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and one of her thoughts behind that was is she's like, I don't want you going out. I don't know where you're going and mm. spending the night and I don't want you getting in trouble in an, right. a strange environment. She's right. like, I'd rather you being in your home environment mm. um, if you're going to get up to any kind of hanky-panky. She's like, do it under my roof and at least <laughs> I know you're safe under my roof. Right. She's like, I won't be by the door with the cup and, you know… <laughs> Up to the door listening. She's like, don't worry about that. Um, And even growing up, Mm. like um, in Australia, when you turn 18, you can drink legally. Oh, 18. Yeah. Okay. Um, But prior to that, you have parties and there's generally alcohol there. And um, like, you know, I'd say to mum, I'm having a party at a friend's house. And, And my mother, I remember my mother actually buying me alcohol. And her philosophy being that I'd, you know, I'd rather know how much mm. you were going to drink as opposed to you going out and getting a ridiculous amount of alcohol and doing right. something stupid. Right. Okay. Which actually, now that I think about it, maybe she didn't trust me. <laughs> I don't know if that is a trust issue or not. Um, yeah. I mean… That, that particularly is interesting because in America, depending on the state, technically when you're 18, you can drink within your own house. Mm-hmm. But then when you're 21, that's when you can you know, go outside your house and drink and everything. But there's always those memes floating around the internet of like, you know, kids talking to their parents. But whatever it is, the parent is always like, well, I'd rather you be here so I know what you're doing and I can control the situation. Which, you know, it's a good thing. But it's also like, is that because you trust or you don't trust? Yeah. Oh, which is it? it it's… It, I, I I had this uh, growing up. My mum was always like, it, she, her bedroom was right by the front door of the house. Mm-hmm. Oh. And she's like, go out. I don't care what you do. She's go go out and do whatever you're going to do. Have fun. And she's like, just if, make sure you come home every night. She's like, if you don't come home, you got to call me. And it was kind of like, I'd get home at five o'clock in the morning. And I'd be opening the door as quietly as possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And you're like, oh, don't, don't, don't squeak. Right. right. You close it and you'd lock it. Is that you, Sam? Oh, like, what the? <laughs> Did you, are you awake? And she's like, oh, I, I knew you didn't, I knew you weren't home yet. And I, I, I couldn't get to sleep. Moms do that. I'm like, you what? Hmm. It's five o'clock in the morning. You hmm. haven't been asleep. She's like, well, 
I was worried because she hadn't come home and oh my goodness. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, it's not not trusting, but it's kind of like the whole worry factor, right? When you're and even and that wasn't even that I was young, like uh-huh. even in my twenties, right, right, right. And even after I'd left the house and maybe I was back in Australia uh-huh. for a holiday and. I was out with friends. It was the same thing. Um, you know, just I guess once you have children, mm-hmm. it's kind of the whole different story. Yeah. I, I don't even want okay. to think about my children going out and getting home at 5 o'clock in the morning. Oh, no. Oh, no. I guess they're still young. So That's many years ahead. Oh, gosh. That yeah. just raises the question. But what about and when parents lie to their kids and that kind of trust is like in their like… Oof. Oh, see that that that, that that's that that's really worrying. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, if I start lying to my children, it you, you go down that that rabbit hole that you you're not coming back from. So this specific topic was covered in the Washington Post. Uh, they spoke with Vicky Huffel, yes, an author and a parent educator about the different types of lies parents may tell as they raise their kids and how to best navigate honesty in order to build open communication. Uh, apparently, between ages of five and seven, children will generally start asking whether Santa or other kind of figures like that are real. When they ask, they are often ready to know the truth, uh, Vicky had said. Parents can share how much fun it was to believe in such things when they were kids or talk about the history of the folklore. Have you had these discussions yet with William yet? Or is he still pretty childlike? This is a, this is a discussion I've had with plenty of uh, friends uh, because um, actually a good friend of mine, she had uh, a daughter at one of the uh, schools here. Mm. And one of the uh, international schools, in fact. And um, some of the international schools here are quite religious. Right. And her daughter was kind of at, the, at a bit of an older age. I'd, I want to… Uh, say she was about 11, mm. 12 at the time. So generally a lot of the other, um, her friends at that age had obviously um, already realized that Santa was right. non existent. But, um, you know, one of the teachers had come out and said, you know, it's the day Jesus was born and, you know, Santa Claus is non existent and whatnot. And it kind of broke this child's heart mm. because she still believed in, in Father Christmas. Um, and there was a big, issue at the school saying, mm-hmm. you know, you can't right. do this to children. Right. My thing is, I, I think at, at a young age, children mm-hmm. have this wild imagination. Mm-hmm. It's so wild. And here in Korea particularly, we tend to educate our children at a faster rate than a lot of other mm. countries. Um, we tend to get them to read a lot earlier. Right. Um, which I believe personally, tends to stifle their imagination a bit because when they're looking at picture books, instead of actually looking at the pictures and kind of letting their imaginations run a little bit wild Mm -hmm. and take them in a different direction, they're reading the words. Mm. Um, So even as adults, a lot of my friends, you'd go and watch a a Marvel film and they're Mm. like, he flies? That's ridiculous. But when I grew up, like Superman was like, just the concept of someone flying through the right. air was like, oh my God, I wish I could fly. Oh. Um, so to be able to let children have that 
imagination, run mm. wild with it from a young age. Like, it's like if children say, "Is Santa Claus real?" Mm-hmm. I, it's tough if they come out and I ask you directly because right. you, you, children are kind of like. They get suspicious. Children are suspicious by nature. They are. Very Kids are suspicious. Sus. <laughs> Very suspicious. And I'm not going to say, no, he's not real. I'm going to try and, you know, cover my tracks a little bit better. Right. Um, but if they're kind of, yeah, if if maybe they've got some photographic evidence of me doing something to pretend that I'm Santa Claus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um I, I think it's something you maybe sit down and, and kind of have a talk, mm. talk them through it. It's not worth living a lie, mm. and and because children are going to get, they're going to start talking about it and say, you know, they kind of get in that position where they're they can get quite pig headed, you know, mm. they can get quite stubborn. They're like, oh, Dad, why don't you just tell me the truth? You know, stop. You know, stop lying. Stop. Why are you acting like that? Mm-hmm. And if it's if it's getting them upset or they're getting antsy or there's angst that comes with it, there's no point putting them in that position and straight. Right. If there's any stress involved, it's like okay, let's just talk it through and and, and put the cards on the table. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I don't remember at this point if my parents told me or if I found out for I don't know a movie or for friends or from peers around me or anything. I don't remember. I don't think I ever asked my folks, "Hey, is that real?" But I'm pretty, I don't know. generally, I I don't think it's through parents that you find. I think it's Probably not. it's generally through peers, mm-hmm. usually through older peers, right? Or it's through mass media. Exactly. It's parents. It, it, this is something that, as a parent myself, you don't want to destroy this magic mm-hmm. because you wake up on Christmas morning mm-hmm. and you see the look in their face, and right. even on Christmas Eve, and they're like, "Father, Christmas is coming tomorrow." It's like. What? And they wake up and their faces just light up and you're mm-hmm. like, I wait 364 <laughs> days a year for this. <laughs> I don't want anyone to take this away from me. Mm. It's like it, it, like the example I gave of my friend's child, if someone took that away from me, Mm-mm. I'd be willing to go to prison for that. <laughs> Seriously, you do not take that away from my child. Mm. You do not Take that away from my child. Mm-mm. I understand people are entitled to their religious views and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Do not take that away from my child at a young age. Exactly. Yeah. That's- like if they if they find out through their own devices, mm-hmm. through like a, a movie, right. mass media. Right. But if an adult Mm-mm. especially, you know, spoils it for them, I'd be… Livid. Mm. Absolutely livid. And like when it ties back into the fact that it was a religious school, yes. I mean, I myself am Christian, born and raised. But it's like, you know, believing in, you know, what actually happened biblically on Christmas and everything is completely disconnected from just like the Father Christmas folklore. So I'm like, why would you have the need to tie in the two in a school to young kids? I don't get it. Well, they, they I don't also, get it. it they, they also go hand in, like, I mean… You can still celebrate both of them. Right, right. You can still celebrate both of them on that one day. Mm. Um, so you don't need to say, well, you can only celebrate one of them. That's, no, that's garbage. Exactly. I, I, you can, yeah. I mean, Christmas is 24. It's longer. It's like a, it's 72 an hours. <laughs> you can have three days. You've got Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. Uh, personally, yes. I believe I'm great at spotting when people lie to me. And I attribute that. Because of people that I grew up with, 
and then also having studied acting. Sorry, is that are you um, are you insinuating that the people you grew up with were liars? Oh, not not everybody, but I did grow up with several people around me that were like everyone in the class knew they were a liar. Like they would say the most ridiculous things, and we all just kind of were like, "What is it this time?" Like you know, I grew up with some kids like that in my classes, and so spotting that kind of lying is pretty easy. But also. When you go into, because I went to college for acting, mm-hmm. and you learn about certain like uh, tells that kind of thing, yeah. basically like what people do when they lie to put that into your character, you pick up on that on people in real life. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hmm. But do you think you're good at detecting lies from other people? I I generally think I can read people's body language pretty well. Mm. Um. So if someone's Telling me a lie, I can generally pick up on it. Um, yeah, I just if people are, are giving me vibes that are weird, I just kind of pick up on that anyway. Mm. Just kind of like, yep. yeah, pff, I don't want a piece of this. Yeah, no, I'm just like, nah, no. I'm, and yeah, if people start lying, it's like, no, nah, just kind of remove myself from the situation. Exactly, generally. exactly. Yeah, it's it's not worth the effort. No, it's not. It is not. Yeah. <sighs> But when they're my children, there's not much mm. I can do. I can't just like leave them in the middle of the street. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm stuck with you now. We're going to work through this. For at least 18 yeah. years. Yeah. For at least 18 If not longer. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. So now that we've covered some interesting stuff on the topic today, it's time to hop into some questions from our dear listeners. The first one comes from, if I can read, Stay happy myself on Twitter. And they ask, what is your alarm ringtone? Oh. Do you have an alarm clock or do you use your um, phone? I use my phone. Huh. Um, my current one. Hang on. Oh, let me pull my phone out of my pants. <laughs> um, it's actually a custom alarm. Oh. Um, so I will have to actually play it for you. Okay. Um, we are gidated way. There's actually... Um, it's an alarm of my uh, son. Um, hang on. Now, how do I play this thing? Here we go. Let's let's see. Edit into here. Um, here we go. That's William. That was um, it. Was like from an episode, one of the episodes of um, from the Return of Superman. It's so cute. So, I, I, before that, it was like the Imperial March from Star Wars. <laughs> so it's kind of I've upgraded my. It's a much happier way to wake up in the morning. I used to wake up like so angry in the morning. I don't know why. Now I just wake up. I'm like, oh, great start to the day. Let's yeah. keep going. Um, yeah. Oh my God. That's so sweet, though. That's adorable. It's, it, my wife and I actually we have, and this is our ringtone as well. So oh. we both have the same ringtone, <laughs> and we both have the same alarm. Ah, cute. Oh, I feel stupid. Mine's just a song from a musical. Whoops. What musical? <laughs> the Beetlejuice musical. What's the song? Uh, the title of it's the whole being dead thing. Sounds kind of more, but it's not. It's a very fun number, opening number in the show. But oh, uh, I didn't even know Beetlejuice had a musical. Unfortunately, already closed on Broadway because of the whole pandemic. But it's actually very nice. I like it, Alex. I love the original movie. But the movie, the movie was amazing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, classic. So uh, I'm taking it the musical only came out recently. Then I believe it started on Broadway 2018, and it wound up closing 2019. 
But it's coming to Korea in July, I believe, actually. Oh, really? So I'm excited for that. Is that with a uh, a local cast or a uh, international That's cast? I don't know. It hasn't. There's no details on it yet, but I'm curious about that. Really? But yeah. So right leave now. it with me. I'll I'll talk to a few people and find Ooh. out. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, there's that. So the ringtone question has been answered. We have a really cute one. Then a musical theater dork. Anyways, next question. <laughs> this comes from if I can read. Omorphix on the Twitter. And they ask, would you rather lose all of the money you've earned this year or lose all of the memories you've gained this year? <gasps> I mean, it's, we're only three months in, but still. <gasps> um, Lose all the money you've earned this year. Hang on. Let me do some quick calculations. What if, <laughs> um, what if? Yeah, no, I'll I'll lose them. I haven't really had any. Uh, my kids have been busy this year, um, so that's gone into their bank accounts, not into mine. <laughs> so I'll be good losing my money. All right, keep the memories. I don't have any great memories so far this year either. <laughs> I'll be. Ha- can I just lose both of them? And can I just start with something, take something else? You get three wishes from a genie if you lose both your money and memories. I'll take that. I'll take the the wishes. Well, there we go. Oh, goodness. And without further ado, unfortunately, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Uh, Make sure you send your questions with hashtag Hudig and let us know what should be our next big topic. This seems so much shorter than nonsensible. Really? We're very short here. Wow. Feels like, it feels like this is just like the opening of Nonsensible. Well, <laughs> we've only just sat down and like, hi, we've listened to Nonsensible with Sam, Dave and Saul. We've just started the show. I mean, let's do four more. Wow. <laughs> this is crazy. I love it. But yeah, it's right. To the point. Short and sweet, straight to the point. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. But yes, make sure you send us your questions to hashtag Hanig. Check us out Instagram and Twitter at the Dive Studios. Also, youtube.com slash Dive Studios or slash Dive Pause for full length episodes. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Once again, a tremendous thank you to Sam Hemington for coming out. I, 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 only, had, I only got to have two sips of my coffee. <laughs> Please take some more sips. Oh my gosh. Please take this some sips. This is incredible. Wow. <laughs> That was short and sweet. Wow. Well, that was so much fun. I whew, I barely took a breath. Nonsensible. Um, find us on Dive Studios. Yeah. Um, um, you can find me on um, Instagram, um, Sam Hammington. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, there are other things in the works that I can't talk about. Um, find me when they happen. Yeah. All right. See you guys on the flip side. Bye. Bye. How did I get here with Jay?